Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinion on news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. A lot of football on today's show, episode 120. Seems like just yesterday we were at 5 or 10 or 15, and we're at 120 already. Uh, and also think back to right as the season was ending. You and I were very worried we wouldn't be able to come up with enough content with the football season ending, and it seems that we've talked nothing but football since the season ended. That will continue today. Not a lot going on with baseball. Spring training still going on. Everything's still proceeding as planned. Looks like April 1st is still going to be opening day without a hitch. We'll see. Still a few weeks away, but as for now, looks good. Uh, before we do get into the topics today, we want to tell you about our upcoming Ben and Chris Talk Sports free agent special, NFL free agent special we're going to be doing next week. It's going to be releasing on uh, March 18th. I believe that's a Thursday. So it's going to be the day after uh, day after free agency begins because there's going to be a lot happening on that first day. Uh, as And even more of that shaped up today with some of the things we're going to tell you during the course of this show. But we're gonna, you know, we're gonna remind you throughout the week. We're gonna post on social media. Uh, we'll remind you with next week's episode. Next week's episode will be on time, be Wednesday as normal, and then Thursday will be the free agent special. So uh, hopefully you're not too sick of us yet. But um, if you're still on episode 120, I doubt that's the case. So right off the bat, uh, I think the biggest story in free agency or pending free agency was Dak Prescott. Didn't sign a long-term deal going into last season. Signed a franchise tag. Made a buttload of money doing it, but then hurt himself in the season, and everybody figured, oof, that's that's going to hurt. And then everybody saw how the Cowboys played without Dak. And it wasn't great, <laughs> uh, to say the least. To be generous, it wasn't great. And that, as, as we've both said, is really the only case we can ever th- we can think of where somebody got a severe injury and really raised their stock a lot. Dak Prescott is the second highest paid player in the NFL right now. Because yesterday, Dak signed a four-year, $160 million extension with the Dallas Cowboys uh, with incentives that can be up to $164 million, uh, a record $66 million signing bonus, beating out, I believe it was Russell Wilson who had 65, $126 million guaranteed, full no-trade clause. If I'm reading the contract right, he gets a $13 million bonus the year after his contract ends for something called like prorated bonus adjustment or something. If I knew what that was, I'd be doing something else for a living. But, I mean, he didn't quite get Bobby Bonilla Day, but he got $13 million for a team he might not even be on. That's pretty nice. Uh, I mean, they said they wanted to get him signed by the ninth. They did. Yeah, they pulled it off. Um was I surprised? No, I wasn't surprised because they they need him. That like I like I said last week and the week before and any other time we brought up Dak Prescott, they formed this offense around Dak Prescott uh, to give him the tools he needed to succeed, and and it just made sense to keep him under this price tag. Uh, I'm not too sure this price tag is going to be uh, helpful to team building aspect um, I think you pointed out there were already they have to now figure out their cap situation because uh, they're over uh, including this as far as I, I where I'm where I'm looking at they're over including Dak's new contract so this comes 
at a point where they're going to have to look at the entire team and start trimming the fat, as you will. Uh, I think I can think of one person that they should cut, um, but that's going to cost too much money, probably. Who's that? Uh, Amari Cooper. I just think he's. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Uh, and as I don't know about you, Ben, but I know for me, when it's cap situations, I use over the cap. I use a different one. Okay. I use overthecap.com. So anything you hear me talking about contracts or yeah. uh, um, team salary caps, uh, overthecap.com is where I get my info. Just want to give them credit for using their service. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, even if it's a post June. Yeah. If it's a po- <laughs> if they cut, they can't cut him. They can't. They can't. They can't. Yeah. A po- even a post June for June first cut is twenty two million dead cap, and they save zero dollars. Right. So, which is exactly how much money they should have, should have spent on him to resign him. Uh, <laughs> and if they cut him pre June first, which they wouldn't because mm, it doesn't make yeah. any sense, it's a twenty eight million dollar loss, uh, a dead cap, and they lose an additional six million dollars in uh, negative funds, a penalty. So that's not happening. Um, the only one they could they could cut Tyron Smith and save five million dollars. Yeah, but does it make sense to cut your offensive lineman? You already have issues yeah. with the offensive line. It, it's going to be a project um, because they put themselves in this hole. They kept signing the – they kept wanting to keep all their guys, and it didn't quite work. Obviously, they didn't keep Byron Jones last year, which is fine, what they should have, but there's – you know, you could debate on on – who they should assign Jalen Smith or Demarcus Lawrence. You could debate on who they should assign Zeke or Amari Cooper. In in reality, they signed all of them on top of all the offensive linemen. It's just, I mean, I want to I want to congratulate Dak for getting this contract. This oh is yeah, third, third round pick that yep. made himself thirty uh, something million dollars last year because he didn't have a fifth year option because he was in a first round pick. And then turns it around after an injury and gets four and one sixty. I mean, that's... Uh, I, I don't mean to correct you, not to be an a hole. Uh, fourth yeah. round pick, actually. Oh, sorry. One hundred thirty fifth overall. Just makes it more impressive. So that's why I wanted. That's why I wanted to, you know, let you know. But that's fair. Uh, I appreciate the corrections. Um, but it's a lot. It's a lot for a guy who, you know, moved his way up and, and built himself up and turned <laughs> himself into a real good quarterback. Yeah. Short order in, in real short order. He almost was thrusted into this position in his uh, practically in his rookie season. I, I just, I concern, I'm concerned after a year or two, you're going to have to start really cutting those people, uh, cutting those people that you need to have a winning team, albeit you're in the NFC East, but <clears throat> I can't imagine the, the Washington football team is going to be, uh, too much worse you know they get a quarterback they're they're right back in it uh the giants can try to put it together and then when 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 we see what jalen hurts in a full season a full off season what he can do it might be something special i'd be concerned if um a year or two down the line i'm I'm a cowboys fan and i'm looking at this team and it's totally different because of what they did with the ancillary pieces around dak prescott not necessarily what they did with dak that was needed. Right. It's just, did you need Amari Cooper? Did you need all those defensive players that you're going to be, you're paying? And 
I don't know. It's not looking too great. You know, you have you drafted. You know, you, you signed Randall. Um, excuse me, you signed Randall Cobb last year, but you also re-signed Amari Cooper, and then you go out in the first round and draft C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb looks like an exceptional talent. He he looks like the potential to be a top ten receiver at least. Uh, and then you have Michael Gallup, who is absolutely no slouch, a uh, very very underrated receiver, especially when Dak's in the game. Uh, and then you had Randall Cobb, and you know decent tight ends. It's not Jason Witten in his prime, but it's it's good. And with Dak, it's even better because he can make people better. Uh, but yeah, you're you're right. The, the re-signing the Dak, uh, the re-signing of Dak is not the problem. They needed to do that. They built their team. Uh, around him they needed to keep him it doesn't make any sense to build your team around a player and pay all those guys and then let that player walk <laughs> then you have the team you built around him still there it doesn't make any sense because as we saw Andy Dalton or one of the plethora of other quarterbacks they had to use last year for whatever reason could not have even close to the same effect that Dak Prescott had your estranged cousin <laughs> uh so I, I get that like we've been saying from uh, I, we've even been talking about this since before we even started doing this podcast. Jerry Jones has all the money in the world. The problem is the salary cap is not unlimited. So he'll go out and he'll spend, 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 spend. And then it comes time for something like this. And it's like, okay, he spent and he should have for the sake of his team and the morale of his team. You see Dak Prescott suiting up for another team next year. That's a heartbreaker for your team, for your fan base, for everything. It's just, you know... Uh, he, Amari Cooper, five for a hundred million. Without that, they're in good shape to go kind of get some of those other, you know, back end, the bottom nine or 10 players that they need to round out the roster with the money they would have had to pay him, uh, with the money they do have to pay him. So, you know, they're, as of now, with the cap being at 180 million, 180.5 million. Yeah. Uh, today, a report came out actually just before we recorded that the cap is actually believed to be finalized at 183 million, okay. which will put them about a million and a half under the cap, which is good. That's good. Problem is, even with the signing deck, they only have 44 people on their roster. They need 53. So even if you give everybody the minimum, you can't sign nine players for a million and a half dollars. What'd you say the cap was going to be? Uh, supposedly 183 million. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, that's what I, as of as of about two hours ago, I believe I saw that on Bleacher Report. It was an article. So and, and I use uh, just for everyone's reference, I use SpotTrack.com. That's where I get all my contact information. So this is this is where different sources use different numbers. Uh, you have over a million dollars. I have over four million dollars. In 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 a grand scheme. Oh, currently. Of things, yeah. Currently. currently. Okay. So in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter too much. But right. That's why you always look at different sources. Um, for anyone out there looking up sources, hey, just make sure you do your due diligence. Uh, I think both sites are, are pretty reputable. Maybe uh, over the cap is not factoring in something or that they aren't ready to factor in. But with that being said, here's what I'll ask you, Chris. That $20 million to Amari Cooper, instead of a paying Amari Cooper, could you not pay Hunter Henry? Could you not pay Janu Smith? Could you not pay, name your other tight end to pair with Blake Jarwin? And now you have two stud, two, because st- Blake Jarwin's not a joke. He's, no, he's not at pretty all. good. No, he's a good tight end. He's not, he's just not a, a, at yet a number one. 
I mean, he's not Travis Kelsey, but few people ever, right. ever have been. So right. So pair him with another with another top tier tight end, and now you're, you know, pair him with a Janu Smith or a Hunter Henry. Uh, if if um, David and Joku comes available, if OJ Howard becomes available, it's like this is the, the snowball effect of you sign someone who's we can rag on him all we want because we do because of what he's getting paid. But the facts are in the in the stats. He only produces three to four games a year. Yeah, and that's what and that's not what you need out of a number one wide receiver. It's just not. So this and, and maybe they reinvest that money in the offense line or the defensive line. But I'm just saying I'm just painting a quick scenario. It's like you you want to get weapons for Dak Prescott and, and justify that money. Take that twenty two million dollars and and you could spin it into more offensive line and a, and, a, and a pretty good tight end to pair with Blake Jarwin. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and I like your Hunter Henry, um, you know, bringing up Hunter Henry in that situation because he'd be a nice fit with Blake Jarwin. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm looking. It says 1.165 yeah. million um, for the Cowboys negative. Yeah, something – I mean, it may not just be exactly be at the same – pace yeah. as far as catching up because they're both they're both great great sites though yeah um i've actually used spot trap before too but i actually find uh, over the cap to be uh, a lot easier to understand for my simple mind when it comes to numbers uh and it's different colors so it makes it easier <laughs> uh yeah i got bad eyes man i need to help i can get yeah that's yeah, true um so yeah i mean it's it, it you're talking you have to sign nine players still and then you have you know, three really good receivers, even without Amari Cooper. And Randall Cobb's not the study was in his prime in Green Bay, but he's still a damn fine receiver. Uh, like I said, CeeDee Lamb, if we're not talking about him as a top 10 receiver, at least in the next two years, I'd be stunned. And Michael Gallup is absolutely, I'd say, top five underrated receivers in the league. He's a, he's phenomenal, and he just needs someone who can get him the ball, and he didn't have that last year when Stack went down. So... This this offense with, with the offensive lineman and Dak now and Zeke, because Dak being there is going to make Zeke be able to be Zeke again. Uh, and if if Zeke can't be Zeke this year with everything they have in place, then it may be time to move on from Zeke. But that's a whole different story. Uh, if they had that $20 million from Amari still, yeah, that makes it a lot easier to sign those other nine players. You could sign seven or eight guys for league minimum to kind of round out your roster, go after Hunter Henry for, I don't know, even if it's ten million a year, you can still afford it at that point. Yeah, then you can go get your replacement for Tra- uh, Trent Frederick that yep. you are. I'm sorry, Travis. Trent Frederick's a hockey player. Travis Frederick uh, that you could go get a replacement for him because you lost him last year when he retired, and maybe t- to my eyes, I'm looking at da- uh, not Dax numbers, uh, Zeke's numbers never really replaced them. So, and center is the most important position. I know it's pretty obvious but it is the most important position on the offensive line and you didn't go replace them so that's something if you had the money in free agency there might be a couple guys because as we've been talking about for the past two three four months this is going to be a free agent market it's going to be flooded with talented players because teams have to get under the cap and you're seeing you saw it last week um, 
the Saints are making serious inroads to that that huge issue they have. Now they have a long ways to go still, but they are they are doing their due diligence. But mm-hmm. it's still going to take a lot more for them to get under, much like other teams. I do want to correct myself. Sure. Uh, Forty four players on the roster are for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I had the wrong number. Uh, the Cowboys do actually have sixty three players. So they have a full roster plus, uh, but that does not you still have to have money put aside to sign the rookies correct which they're still over the cap regardless and even if they cut you know uh the 10 players at league minimum with their draft picks that still may not be enough when you add in penalties and everything it's going to be a lot more work for them than it needs to be and they still can't sign anybody else that's the point they still can't bring in a hunter henry they can't bring in the people they're going to be a good team if everyone stays healthy they're probably realistically going to win the East. I think Washington will give them more of a fight than people think they will, but they're right. probably going to win that uh, if, if if things pan out. But people thought they were a Super Bowl contender going into last year, and even with Dak, he made them better, but they still weren't doing great. Um, if it wasn't for Atlanta being Atlanta, they would have won one game before Dak went down. So this is still just a situation where it's great for Dak, happy for the guy. You know, seems like a good dude. Um, Fourth-round pick, hell of a story. Uh, if it wasn't on the Cowboys, I'd wish him a lot of success on the field. <laughs> but uh, happy to see him, you know, get his just due. But, uh, yeah, this – we were talking about the uh, the Saints. Like, this Cowboys salary cap situation is not nearly that big of a mess. But they're not going to be able to sign people they really, really want to bring in to really – bring their team from good to great because Jerry Jones just is a walking ATM. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just, I'm just thinking ahead to the next part. Um, Where, where do you see that next big contract coming from Chris? And I know you highlighted, uh, I know you highlighted three names. Yep. And obviously, we could go any other direction. Sure. Who are you looking at? I think the next mega contract, uh, you could honestly even see three to four weeks into this season coming up, 2021, will be Josh Allen. I I can't disagree with that. Um, I think the improvements he's made from year one to year two was okay. The improvements and changes he made from year two to year three were the stuff that only the real, real great players can do. I used to say he couldn't hit water falling out of a boat. That guy had the accuracy of a blind chimpanzee. Um, I don't think a chimpanzee who can see throws particularly accurately either, but I've never seen that, so I can't say. He worked... He had to have worked a lot on that because yeah. he was a completely different player last year. It's not just Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs helps. Well, there's does co- it... that, that gives you confidence, though, right? right. Chris? But having Stefan Diggs doesn't matter worth a damn if you throw him 10 yards over his head. You still got to throw it accurately to him. It's true. So he, kudos to him. Uh, he proved he can make the adjustments. He can make the leap from good to great. If it wasn't for a few players in front of him, he would have been an MVP, a serious MVP contender this year. I think well, I think he was serious, but he wasn't he wasn't beating out Rodgers or Mahomes. Um, 
but I think he will have an MVP in his future. Uh, and if the Bills are smart, which the way they built their team the last couple of years, I could say they are. Um, they make him the next mega deal, and I think it, I think it will reach or exceed Dak Prescott's. And and the difference between signing Josh Allen earlier because he'll, he'll he'll be going into his his um, fourth year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And he'll be up for a fifth-year option this year to either get picked up or not, which will get picked up, no doubt, unless he signs the contract extension first. But I would say this would be worth it as opposed to the other two deals, um, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, only because you've seen the on-field progression each and every year, as you pointed out, and you've seen the success of the team each and every year progress. Yeah, you, you had obviously you had the success with Jared Goff, but it was night and day from Jeff Fisher to to Sean McVay, and then yes. you saw and then you saw a regression, and then with Carson Wentz, we don't need to get in Carson Wentz, but he had injury concerns that that whether it was his fault or not, he still got injured and inconsistent play, and then this year, whole another bag of worms there. I think. I just think the growth of quarterback and coach each and every year and the growth of the team, it dictates you to get that contract signed this, this summer to make sure you have him solidified, not just for his peace of mind, but for the player's peace of mind to know that that's their starting quarterback. And also for your cap uh, situation to have, know the fixed amount of money you're going to spend on Josh Allen each year. Now you can dictate, okay, over the next three to four years, whatever the contract is, okay, this is where we're going to allocate our money here, here, and here. And it just makes sense to me on this front because Josh Allen has shown in spite of all his detractors and there's one sitting right here. And I'm pretty sure I'm looking at one, that had his issues with Josh Allen. Oh, I did. I absolutely. I think after this season, he's put a lot of people to shame. And I think it's I think it's time and I think he's worth it. Two guys, two guys I was wrong about, or not necessarily because I, I didn't say they were garbage. I just said at, at the time they were overrated. Josh Allen and Aaron Jones both uh proved the caliber of player they truly are and they can be. And they are both both, I mean, not another one's probably hurting for money right now because you know Allen was a first round pick, but uh, within the next twelve months, both of those men will be extraordinarily wealthy. Um, I, I think, truthfully, the way Josh had with his arm strength and his newfound accuracy, if he continues to improve, you're looking at a guy with Breeze probably gone. Rodgers on, uh, you know, winding it down. Brady got to be winding it down. He might play it till he's 250. Who knows? Who knows? Um, we'll get to that towards the end of the show. Uh, you're, you're, you're looking at a guy in Josh Allen who could legit stake his claim as a top three quarterback in the league. Honestly, the way he's played even before those guys are gone. Uh, but he'll never quite get the recognition as that until they're gone because of their legacy and history. But this guy has all the makings of a true number one franchise quarterback right up there with Patrick Mahomes, 
uh, right up there with the likes of you know, guys like Deshaun Watson, who performed at an extremely high level despite having very little around him on offense. I mean, this is this is the guy who's got to be signed. I do think Lamar Jackson will get paid. He's the three names I, the three names I put down on a rundown were Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. I do believe the Ravens re-sign Lamar Jackson. I do not believe it'll be a groundbreaking Patrick Mahomes deal. I think it'll probably be somewhere, uh, honestly, in the 30 to 35 range, which, woe is him, right? Poor <laughs> poor Lamar. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it'll break 40 because... Uh, unless he comes out this year and just lights it up and has another MVP year, maybe it could be. I just think he's going to be on the the underside of the upper echelon, which people are going to take as an insult, but, I mean, it's still just underneath the very best of the best. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield gets a couple notches below that. Not trying to knock the guy, but, look, if it, <laughs> I know they want a playoff game, but... They should have won that game. Yes. In Kansas City. Pittsburgh yep. imploded on themselves. Uh I mean, this is a team that had a lot of help just getting to where they got to. And then you know, they had some bad calls in that that game against Kansas City in the playoffs, but there's still a lot of things they could have done they didn't do. Uh so I don't think there's any way they let Baker walk. But you're not going to see a mega deal with him, I don't think. That's where I think we slightly, slightly differ. Is that I think he's going to get his fifth year option, and they're going to play out the season because they just I don't I just don't know if they're full in belief on Baker Mayfield and what he can do. They're going to pay for it if they do that, because they're going to have to give him a larger contract than they would have if they said this summer, hey, here's a contract extension indicative of top 15 quarterbacks. And this is the reason why you're a top 15 quarterback is because you haven't done this, 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 or this. But I think I think they're going to give them that fifth-year option and then just say, hey, you need to show us something in the playoffs. You know, you want a game against Pittsburgh. That's great. But you need to show us the progression. You need to show us Moving the team forward, what Josh Allen did, and I and I would, I would honestly say the same thing about Lamar Jackson is, you you need to show the progression and but see with Lamar it's different because that is fifty percent Lamar, fifty percent Greg Roman, doing his job to expand the offense. Now I'm not going to go into what Steve Smith said. You can look up online what Steve Smith said about the Ravens' offense. Um, and how pedestrian it was it it is incumbent on both of them to move that offense forward right with with more passing and so that teams can't just hone in on the run game jk dobbins lamar jackson coming out of the backfield because at no matter how good a player is if you know what's coming you can you're not you, you can't you're not going to be, you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to, you're going to get stopped. It's like, it's like Chris, if you, if you can pitch 105 mile an hour fastball, it's great. But if you know that's all you have and you know that's coming, you can time it. Exactly. Right. Uh, let me ask you something. Okay. So I think this will be easier for people to, to kind of understand where we're coming from here and kind of break down the difference a little bit. 
How well did the Kansas City Chiefs run the football this year? Uh, they were terrible. Yeah. But they were still able to win. Why were they able to win? Because Patrick Mahomes is that much better than yes. most most players in the NFL. How awesome was the Buffalo Bills running game this year? Uh, outside of Josh Allen? Yes. Or or combine Josh Allen with the whole... No, it's kind of to, to prove how good Josh Allen is and has become. It, it, it's the... If you subtract Josh Allen, the the running game is less than pedestrian. Yes. But you add in Josh Allen, it makes it an average uh, right. running back situ- uh, uh, running game situation. Exactly. So uh, to my point, I mean, they, uh, the, I believe the the Bills had a better running game overall than than the Chiefs had uh, this year with uh, Singletary or and um, uh, Jack, Moss. Jack Moss. Yep. Um, and I think they'll get better. I think those are two really talented players. But even without that. There's a difference between them making it farther this year than it, you know, year in year out making it farther. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if they actually made it farther as far as rounds go. Oh, they did. They made the AFC Championship games. So they made it farther this year. Yeah, they did. Uh, I kind of had a little bit of memory lapse there. Yeah, so I mean, they made it farther this year. And, you know, those are two teams that couldn't run the ball that well, but man, two really special quarterbacks. Uh, we've seen it. You take Nick Chubb out of the game, and you take uh, Kareem Hunt out of the game. What chance do the Browns have playing catch up with Baker Mayfield throwing? Zero. Yeah, not not very not very much. It's like it's like the Titans and and Derrick Henry. It's like yeah, it's it is great. Derrick Henry is elite status right now. He is top of the markets. Ryan Tannehill got paid because of Derrick Henry. You take Derrick Henry out or you turn over the ball enough to where you get a big enough lead and you put Derrick Henry out of uh, out of commission because they can't they need to come back. Ryan Tannehill's not winning you the game. He'll be able to manage it, but he won't win it for you. That's that's the difference between what Josh Allen and, and, and I'm not comp- I'm not comparing them or not saying they're like each other, but what Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers can do as opposed to what Lamar Jackson's able to do, what Ryan Tannehill's able to do, what Baker Mayfield's able to do. It's just that added dimension of whatever they need. If it's the passing with with Lamar Jackson or it's more efficient, uh, more efficiency in the pass game with Baker Mayfield or just a more dynamic offense with, with Ryan Tannehill. It's just, it's just the pieces are all together in Kansas city. They're forming the pieces in Buffalo, which is going to be a scary team. Yes. And, and you could see it in other parts of the league, but it's, that, that that's the honest truth is about Baker and Lamar is this, I just, this is going to be a show me year for both of them. Uh, I'll be stunned if either one of them get that extension this off this off season. Yeah, I don't think they'll get it this offseason. Um, you know, they'll both have their fifth-year options picked up. Uh, I don't – I honestly would be surprised if the uh, Ravens don't want to see another full year out of Lamar. And you may even see them play out the fifth-year option before he gets an extension just because his style, while it's electric and it's exciting. And like I said, as much as I don't like Michael Vick, he was a hell of an athlete. And I think Lamar Jackson maybe even – a better pure overall athlete than Michael Vick, as crazy as that may sound. Uh, it's close, not nearly the uh, the arm, but 
just pure athleticism. But, yeah, I think they want to see everything they can out of him before they put all the money on the table. They want to make sure they have the cap space. Uh, and the Bills, the Bills will. Uh, they have, you know, they only have a little bit over a million dollars, uh, a little over a million dollars for this coming season. But looking ahead to 2022, they have something like, uh, what is it, uh, $104 million in cap space. Now, granted, it's only with 34 players signed, but they can give Josh Allen a mega deal, make him happy, have him, you know, just to lead their team for the next four to six, seven years, and still be able to get enough of a team together around him to be competitive. Because they started from the top and worked their way down. They didn't put all the ancillary pieces in place and then say, oh, God, we got to sign him too now. What do we do? So it's kind of the tale of two teams here with a team like the Cowboys who did the opposite way and then what I think the Bills are going to do. But I would not be surprised at all to see Josh Allen get his contract extension sooner rather than later. I mean, for God's sakes, if Carson Wentz and Jared Goff got theirs after their second season, there's no reason they can't be talking with Josh Allen right now. Uh, anybody I forgot? Is there any other anybody else you think is 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 due for that that monster that next monster deal? I think it's Josh Allen, cut and dry. But I may be missing something. No, I think it's Josh Allen. Without digging too much into it, um, I think Josh Allen because I think you pointed out the three uh, three best candidates for the next big big deal, and I think Josh Allen is the best candidate right now to get that next big deal. Um. Obviously, this is going to lead us into what outside of the quarterback, what other players are going to get us are going to get that big contract. And um, I'm kind of surprised that someone got tagged this 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 offseason because I didn't I did not see it coming. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's get into that. Uh, today was the deadline. Yep, for the franchise uh, the franchise player tag, 4 p.m. today. I believe it was, let's see, I have the list here, three, six, nine players were tagged. Yep. Uh, so they'll be getting the uh, equivalent of the top, uh, average of the top top 10 of their position. Well, it depends, it, on what, it depends on which kind of tag they got. Did they get a transition? Did they get oh, okay. non, not exclusive? Did they get an exclusive? It just kind of matters. I didn't see anywhere that said which type they got, but. Generally, it's either top ten or top five, depending on which type of tag they got. Uh, for but it will be different for Justin Simmons because Justin Simmons is on his second year. Of yeah, his- he'll get more. So is uh, Brandon Sheriff. Yes, guard for the Washington Football Team. Uh, I, I had it written down here differently on the rundown. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is read down the people who were tagged, and then the two people we really want to discuss, I believe, are going to sure. be uh, in there. So. Uh, the players who were tagged today, Broncos safety Justin Simmons, his second year, as Ben said. Uh, Jets safety Marcus May. Apparently they figured they just have so much salary cap, they may as well and see what they have. I mean, it, it's a smart move. If they're not sure, then, hey, that's what it's there for. Uh, Washington football team offensive guard Brandon Sheriff, his second tag. Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin, uh, which was, oof, that hurt. Uh, Jaguars tackle Cam Robinson, Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams, Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson, and boy was he thrilled. Uh, oh, Panthers yeah. tackle Taylor Moton, and Saints are apparently spending money they don't have. They got Daddy's credit card, and they signed safety Marcus Williams uh, to the franchise tag. 
those are the uh, the nine that were franchise tagged. Uh, there's a couple we're going to discuss after we get to the uh, Godwin and Galladay uh, topic because Chris Godwin was tagged. We didn't see that coming. I didn't. I didn't. I thought he'd be signed. I thought they'd maybe tag Shaq Barrett or nobody and just try to re-sign these people. Um, the one I'm shocked at, Kenny Galladay not tagged. Um, we thought it'd be the other way around. Yeah. Uh, I projected as of now to be fifteen point eight million dollars, uh, with the free age with the franchise tag for uh, Chris Godwin. So he's staying on a really good team, where he's happy, making really good money, guaranteed. Good for him. When he does become a free agent, he will get even more money. Uh, he's not upset about it. He says he just wants to win. No, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, you know, let's essentially let's run it back. Cool, I'm here. I made my money. Let's play. So good for him. Galladay is going to set the market, though. Yes, that's um, that's absolutely true. And I know you're big on him, and I am too. He's super talented. The potential to be a top five receiver, maybe top three. He has that ability. Injuries have really put it really hampered what his numbers could have been his first four years. Um, he's probably going to set the market, especially since. You know, the Bears tagged Allen Robinson. Um, although I still think that may be a tag and trade kind of situation. Oh, it because is. Because he does not want to be there based on his reaction. And they, I don't see a reason why they couldn't go to a desperate team and get a first round pick for him. Uh, at least, at least a high second. Rather than just get a compensatory pick if he walks away. So, not a bad move on their part. But with Galladay and God, excuse me, with Godwin... And Robinson, out of the market now. They're they're signed. Whatever happens with Robinson isn't going to be a free agent contract. Galladay's got to be the guy that sets the market. What is his realistic value? And I know based on uh, opportun- options and opportunity that, that can change. Uh, you can have a guy who isn't necessarily the best at his position be paid like he's best at his position just because he's the best available. As you saw last year with who was it, Byron Jones, who went to the Dolphins. You kept saying how you thought he was drastically overpaid, but he was one of the better ones available, a cornerback, so right. <laughs> he got paid. Um, what, what is Galladay's realistic value? Where does he go? Who who is like where is he most valuable? So he needs he needs a team. He's a one A. All right, and and I think there's just off the cuff, there's three teams I can think of that would be prime locations for Kenny Galladay. One is the Carolina Panthers. They have talent. They have wide receiver talent. They need someone to be that that guy uh, because I think they have uh, Curtis Samuel. He's a free agent. Um, They have Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore. Obviously, there the you know the questions about Teddy Bridgewater and whether or not he's going to be the starting quarterback or not. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not in that front office to to kind of see what they're thinking. Uh, I look at the Washington football team. McLaren oh, needs man. needs a another person with him. Oh, uh, how dangerous would that be, Terry McLaurin and Kenny Galladay, if they were both healthy? My oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, 
but it also they also need a quarterback. So that's that's a whole other issue onto itself. And then I look <clears throat> another team who needs a another another team that needs a quarterback is doing the Patriots. But he would be prime location to drop there as well. Yeah. Realistically, I, I he's going to set the market on wide receivers. I don't know how much um, he'll get paid, but his ability, his talent, it's unique in the sense that you haven't seen what he actually can do yet because he was on the Detroit Lions. And you can factor in they're not a well-run team. They play in a uh, dome, and uh, I would contest that – the same issues Calvin Johnson was having would be probably similar issues that Kenny Galladay would have if he were to stay long-term with the Lions as well. And that's playing on that field. Uh, I don't know the specifics of that field, but I can imagine it's like landing on concrete and that's not good for the body. Uh, Other stadiums, other fields have different uh, surfaces that could lend more is a little more forgiving, <clears throat> but I think those are three teams that could absolutely use them because they have talent. They have whatever you think of the Patriots' talent at wide receiver. You put Kenny Galladay at, at the top of that, yeah, and it pushes everyone yep. down to where they belong. Yep. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I don't know what his realistic value is. It's tough. And um tells you how good Calvin Johnson was, how much I think of Calvin Johnson when you said it, you put him and Kenny Galladay in the same sentence. I was like, yeah, one of these things doesn't belong here. Um, no disrespect to Kenny Galladay, but Calvin Johnson would just a level all of his own. Uh, right up there with guys like Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and Terrell Owens and the best of the best ever. Uh, I don't care what the numbers say. He was one of the greats. Um, and Galladay, I mean, could be if he's healthy, but that's been a big if. I don't see him coming to New England. I don't see him going to Washington, only because his injury problems have been muscle-related, foot-related. You're not going to leave, and that was in a dome, by the way. You're not going to leave the warmth of a dome with muscle and, and, and tendon injury issues and then go play half to three-quarters of your games outdoors in cold weather. I just don't think that makes sense for him. I think he signs with a dome team or a warm weather team. Uh, I know people out there are going to laugh at that and go, oh, what difference does that make? Makes a lot. If you got a guy who has, I mean, <laughs> you ever pulled a muscle? You ever been in the gym or something and pulled a muscle? And you get you shower and change and you walk outside in, in, in the cold weather and you take five steps and it locks up on you? I mean, and that, you're talking about your everyday person, not a dude who's got to run as fast as he can down the field 30 times a game. So... Ah, it's, to me, Kenny Galladay coming to the Patriots is kind of like when the Celtics had a chance to get Kevin Garnett. I was like, oh, we got to give a play too much for him. I don't want him. And then we got him, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. We got Kevin Garnett. So I'd say no to Kenny Galladay based on what he would cost. And then if I see the Patriots sign him, I'd be through the roof, happy, excited. So I can't, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth there. So uh, I don't know. I'm going to run down a list here. The top paid average year wide receivers. 
Again, overthecap.com. Is Kenny Galladay better than DeAndre Hopkins? No. And by the way, this isn't what they what you think they can do. This is based on what they've actually done. Right. This is this is not projected ability uh, on the field. Actual overtime. DeAndre uh, DeAndre Hopkins, no, better than Julio Jones. No. Better than Keenan Allen. No. <laughs> better than Amari Cooper. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. Yes. 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 So right there, you're setting the watermark at twenty million a year for Kenny Galladay, because DeAndre is twenty seven plus, Julio's twenty two guaranteed plus, Keenan's twenty point. 025. Amari's 20. Is he better than Michael Thomas? No. Better than Tyreek Hill? No. Better than Odell Beckham Jr.? Yes. Better than Allen Robinson? Oh. <laughs> that's where it gets a little tricky. It's a bit of a toss up there. That's, that's a tricky one because if Allen, so the, the argument would be if Allen Robinson was on a, with a, on a good team with a good quarterback, He'd be yes. uh, higher elite. Yes, I could say the same argument about Kenny Galladay. Right. There was a year where Stafford was in and out, and then the year uh, it. <sighs> that's a tough but, one. But that's my point. That's where it gets tricky. Is right around that number because that's that's Allen Robinson, and he signed. Of course, was signed franchise tag today for like seven. Uh, it says seventeen point nine or almost eighteen million. AJ Green's next on the list. Tremendous in his prime. Uh, Mike Evans, one of the top receivers. Then you get the Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cobb, Jarvis Landry. Then you're getting into those guys where you'd be happy to have them on your team, but the who's better really changes in the matter of who's throwing on the ball, the situation they're in, what's around them. It's not just they're better. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be awesome no matter where he goes. Right. Julio Jones will be awesome no matter where. Keenan Allen no matter where he goes. Michael Thomas. Uh, I'm never drafting you again, but you're still an awesome receiver. Uh, just not when you're on my fantasy team. Uh, Tyree Kill, same thing. Just his speed alone makes him a different level. Then you get into the then you get into the category of the well. He's good in this situation. He's better in that situation, and that's about the 15 to 17 range per year. So, I mean, team like the Patriots, team like the Washington Football Team. They have it. Without a doubt, they have the cap room. They could go 19 and a half, 20 a year with incentives and absolutely get him to sign a deal right there and lock him up. But it's a risk with the injuries. But he's going to set the market. I'm shocked. I'm shocked, especially with bringing in Jared Goff, that although I know that wasn't – they were dying to get Goff. That was a a, a, a trade of convenience for them. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I – Galladay, he, he will set the market. I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit 20. I think he's going to get somewhere between 17 and 19. Uh, I think, honestly, had Chris Godwin not gotten franchised, he would have gotten even more. He'd have been among the top top five paid, top three to five paid in the league. But we'll have to find out next year unless they tag him again. Uh, Kenny Galladay was not the only surprise non-tag of the day, though. The Chargers... Did not tag Hunter Henry, tight end. Uh, the Titans did not tag tight end Johnu Smith. Uh, the Packers did not. The Packers didn't tag Aaron Jones. Uh, however, they want to try to re-sign him in free agency. So you've had how long to think about it, talk to him, work something out, at probably a more team-friendly deal, and you didn't do it. But now you want to let him go where it's going to be a competition to sign him. 
and you think you're going to get him in free agency. You are not going to get him in free agency. If you're a Packers fan and you have an Aaron Jones jersey, you may as well put it in the back of your closet because you're never going to need to wear it again because he is gone. He's going to go to, well, he's going to go from green to greener being uh, uh, the Jets, both jersey color and money-wise. Uh, I guess Dolphins are a favorite now too. I still think the Jets makes more sense. But uh, he's not he's not playing in Green Bay again. There's absolutely no way. Uh, they do not have the cap room to compete with anybody else in free agency. And I know they could work it so they'll end up, you know, paying out a lot in bonuses and not actually have a big cap hit year one. But still, they are not in a great cap situation. So I, I don't know what their line of thinking was with, ah, we could, you know, Probably get him at a much more team-friendly rate. You know what? No. Let's give everyone a fair shot at him. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense at all. Uh-uh. Ridiculous. They're they're almost they're eleven and a half million dollars. Even if the cap goes up to the one eighty three they're projecting, they're going to be over nine million dollars uh, over the cap. Still, still, and they think they're going to they think they're going to re-sign this guy in free agency when he might get close to record-setting money for a running back. Are you kidding me? This guy can run. This guy can catch. This guy can do it all. He can play all game. And you're gonna, you're gonna compete with these teams that have thirty to forty million dollars in cap room who need a running back. No, that's stupid, Green Bay. That's a bad move on your part. I'm not gonna sit here and disagree with you because everything you said is, is is accurate. I, I can only, I can only imagine the the thought process in that front office, of, yeah, we're gonna not tag him. And we're going to let him go to free agency. But we're going to sign him. We're going to try to sign him. We're going to try to sign him in free agency. When the Dolphins have to crack at him, when, you know, the Jets, I know you're pushing the Jets to because it, it, it's a fit. And, and anybody else who thinks they need Aaron Jones, but the Packers not having the financial wherewithal to actually bring him in on a free agent contract instead of trying to work out a – during the exclusive period when you could sign him or heaven forbid you just slap the franchise tag on him and say hey we're going to work something out you're not going to have this con you're not going to have the franchise tag you're not going to have to sign it we're going to work something out um it just kind of flies in the face of any plans you would have to let go trade aaron Rodgers after this coming season because I mean, why did then why did you why did you draft Jordan Love last year and right. let Aaron Jones go this year free free of anything? And then now you have Aaron Rodgers who's not gonna have a running back. So you know what's gonna you know what's going to happen, Chris, after four weeks if they're like one and three and they can't move the ball. I don't have a running back that I can throw to out of the backfield. I don't have a running game. And this is the fault of so-and-so. You know he's going to throw people under the bus. It's going to be this, – this right here is going to be the beginning of the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay because oh, – That's the reason. That's some 4D chess by Packers management there. Give him a reason to get out and start Jordan. There you go. Oh, man. See, the whole time I thought they were dropping the ball, they just had this elaborate plan laid out. Well – you never know, Chris. You, you, honestly, you never know with these teams what they're doing. Like, what, what is, what is, what are the San Diego, uh, San Diego, uh, San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers doing, letting Hunter Henry go? 
free free I, I don't know what that's going on but the thing is too though is i mean that doesn't make a lot of sense because let's see what is their what is their cap situation i can't tell you uh, my, my phone actually just died let's see uh you gotta get a charger man better charger i know, I know. uh well speaking of chargers uh they have 24 almost 25 million in cap space and it's and it's uh, and it's so, not to the point that they had to like franchise tag him because they could have worked out a deal. Yeah, they absolutely could have, but they didn't even franchise tag him to to keep him in that that you know period of of well if someone tries to get him they're gonna get either first two two first round picks or work out a trade. It did just they tag him last year. They did right. I think so. This would have so been a second. Been, so yeah, okay. It would have been, but still. It, oh, I hear you. I get what you're saying. Did he not play the full season? I'm pretty sure he played the whole season. Uh, I think he did. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. They have one of the up and coming quarterbacks in the league. Oof, dude. Maybe maybe the up and coming quarterback. Uh, well, I think, I think Joe Joe still has something to say about that. Joe Burrow is going to be a fine quarterback. I I just think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's quite at the. Uh, I'm still hitching the level of Mister San Diego. I'm still hitching my leg. <laughs> I'm San Diego again. L.A. I did the same thing you just did. All right. Uh, now, I do. Okay. I've been saying for even before free agency started, way before last season even ended, yeah. the Jets signed Aaron Jones. Uh, I still yes, believe that. I still believe that. Uh, a lot of people think the Dolphins uh, could, I guess, wants to play in warm weather for a team on the rise. It makes sense. Couldn't blame him for that. Uh, the Ravens I had as a sleeper. Because he would be great with J.K. Dobbins, they could give each other, you know, rests and still be just as effective on the field, and that's where that's where the Ravens need to invest their money: the running game, the tight ends. Um, Seahawks. Well, Seattle Seahawks. They did not. They did not tag. Not only star corner uh, Shaquille Griffin, they did not tag incredibly talented, although often injured, running back Chris Carson. So they have eighteen point six million in cap, even with some of those big contracts. They have more than enough cap room to bring in Aaron Jones on a very respectable deal. This would make, I'm sure, whatever qualms Russell Wilson's having right now, he would be very happy with Aaron Jones coming in. And I mean, this team already has they have forty seven people signed, eighteen point six million available, and that's if it doesn't go up with another few million like they're projecting it will. They can absolutely sign him and play in a play in a place where the fans are just as rabid. Where they have he has a great quarterback, he has incredibly talented receivers. Devontae Adams is the best single receiver in the game, but the best receiving core. You can put Seattle up there. Oh yeah, as a contender. Oh yeah. So Aaron Jones is certainly not taking a step back, going to sign with Seattle. Uh, that's just want to throw it out there. It's a possibility they have the cap room now. Uh, I, I don't see them signing Shaquille Griffin or Chris Carson. Maybe Carson because he'll be less Griffin, a premium position where there's not a lot. I don't think it's a huge cornerback free agent uh, market this year. So he's gonna get the Byron Jones treatment from last year, where maybe he's not. Maybe he's not the way he's played inconsistently throughout his four years. Maybe he's not top level, but he's going to get paid like he is because he's the best out there. Yeah, that it, it's it's an interesting way of spinning it, Chris. That that Seattle could go after Jones. 
I hadn't thought of that until you just reminded me that that Chris Carson didn't get tagged. I think I think it's a good location for him, especially with his uh, ability to catch out of the backfield. That's something that that Chris Carson can do. Uh, but I believe over the past few years, Aaron Jones has just developed that talent a little bit more. Yes. Also because he's been on the field a little bit more than, than Chris Carson. And I think, I think that would uh, put down any rumors of, of Russell wanting to get traded out of Seattle. Cause then I would just give him that, that would essentially give you the three headed monster of Russell Wilson, Aaron Jones. And, and uh, look, I've had my issues with Kyle Lockett, Tyler Lockett, sorry. Um, but the, 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 straw, the straw that stirs that drink in the wide receiver core is DK Metcalf. He oh, and if he wasn't yet, he will be by the time this season comes right, around. Yeah, Right. Yeah, so you have your three-headed monster. You have what every team wants is, is or could want is, is three outstanding players at the three premium positions. It makes sense. Uh, they would have to do, I think still they have to do some uh, reworking of contracts and, and get some money because they also have to address a couple of defensive positions. You know, KJ, KJ Wright is not coming back for any discount. That is his public statement, not mine. Um, and then as you mentioned, Skill Griffin didn't get a franchise tag. So he's going to want to make, make money at this, at this point. Uh, so it could be, it could be elsewhere that he goes. Um, I did see Malcolm Butler get released today. So that's an option. If, if you're Seattle and you want to say, Hey, you know, let's, let's go a little cheap on, on getting him or trade for someone like Stefan Gilmore, or if, if, if the saints are desperate market, uh, Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, you know, there's, there's options out there for them to reinvest that money. I just think they need to, they're going to need to move some money around to actually bring in Aaron Jones, but it would, boy, it would make that NFC West a lot more interesting, uh, especially with all the tal- the caliber of talent in Arizona, in in San Francisco, and even in LA with what they still have going on, and the fact that Stafford's now in that division, it, it would make it a very compelling division uh, going forward. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Next next week. No, we're not going to dive too, too much into the free agency. Like I said, we have our special coming out the next day. But, uh, well, actually, no, we won't be able to because free agency is on Wednesday and we record on Tuesdays. Spoiler. So, <laughs> well, we'll have uh, – I'm not quite sure what we'll do. We're probably going to break down some positions where we think some guys will end up. We might have already have some contracts to announce uh, because the legal tampering period will already be happening, which just sounds weird, legal tampering. I don't get it, but that's the NFL for you. A uh, bit of uh, one more, one more thing before we go today. Yep. Uh, we, we mentioned that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tagged Chris Godwin for you know about an eighteen million dollar, eighteen million dollar uh, tag or cap it. Yep. And they had, I think sixteen, just 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 over sixteen available. So that put them over, which is you know that happens. They rework things all the time. Uh, they signed a few hours before we recorded this. They signed Levante David. Uh, star linebacker to a two-year deal, two-year extension for twenty-five million, I believe. Yes. 
that is actually not actually even on over the cap yet. Uh, it's uh, too early. Any website's not going to have that yet. I, it's. But they did sign. Well, it's kind of weird because they have they have Godwin up there already, but they didn't have Levante David up. But I mean, it, I guess it, franchise compared to actual contract talks probably a lot different. And I think I think with with all these websites, if they can't get the the the, what they should do is get multiple sources to confirm right. the deals. Is they won't publish it, which it actually makes the most sense. Is is which actually is smart that we kind of use two different sites. That then we get two different sources. But you were saying. Yeah, as of this afternoon, when I kind of wrote the rundown for the show and and got all the info I needed, uh, the the Bucks had. Uh, before I actually say this, this is why we're going to do a free agent special because things literally change in a matter of hours this time of year. The Bucks had forty four players signed according to over the cap and had just over a million and a half over the cap. Uh, as of right now, I'm looking at it. They are seven point three million over the cap and they have fifty players signed. So some stuff caught up in the system. Over that time, it's probably some players signed to minimum league deals and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but they are currently right now seven point three million over the cap, and that's not even with Levante David added into that. So that's going to be ten to twelve million dollars a year extra. So today, uh, or excuse me, within the last few days, there's been a lot of talk that the Buccaneers are discussing with Tom Brady reworking his contract. Uh, they want to apparently this it was a two year fully guaranteed fifty million dollar deal before yep. last season. Obviously, brought him in, won the Super Bowl, so you can't ask for any better than that. Uh, and I would say it'd be hard-pressed to say that Brady didn't have a significant impact on that. Um, why are they worrying about this now when they have so many other players to re-sign? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the way you can finagle all these numbers and make the money work for you, they can give him just as much money, if not more, and clear up cap space for this upcoming season still. So he's on the books for 25 Watch them sign him to like a three-year deal for like over a hundred million extension. It'll give him a massive bonus this year over what he would have made, and there's going to be a situation where they pay for it with the dead cap hit when he retires. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to. That's what they're going to do. They're going to clear up twenty-five to thirty million dollars this year, so they can re-sign um, Shaquille Barrett, like they said they want to do. Yep. They have Chris Godwin. They brought back Levante David. Probably want to bring back Rob Gronkowski. That's going to give them the money to go re-sign these guys. And then they'll pay for it on the back end. <laughs> you know, so uh, it'll be massive cap hits the last year, last two years. Maybe it'll be at like a four-year deal for whatever. Um, and they'll pay for it at the end. They'll enjoy the winning now and pay for it when it's over. Uh, and that's exactly why they do it, because he'll end up getting more in the long run. And the team ends up having more money to spend. So, if you're wondering why they're doing that, it's not because Tom Brady's going to play five more years. I know we've heard that before. I'd be shocked if he's playing when he's 48 or 49. Although, if anybody can, it's going to be Tom Brady. I would, I would, I'm not going to poo-poo the, the Buccaneers for doing this. It's oh, nothing Saints, wrong with it. Right, it's what the Saints do. It's what the, the Patriots do. There's nothing wrong with kicking the can down the field. and, nope. and, we, and it, it, But, but... The bill comes due. It happened to the Patriots this past this past offseason. They couldn't do anything. It's happening to the Saints right now. They are paying for Drew Brees right now. And he's still under contract, and he, he hasn't dictated whether or not he's going to retire yet. But they're paying for it right now. So 
it's great. Hey, if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm a fan. I was like, yes, let's do this. Let's let's rework it. Eventually, it's just gonna it's gonna catch up with you unless by some miracle things happen. Uh, I don't know how because you know, as we stated before, there's some things about the cap we just don't understand, and some teams wiggle their way through stuff that we'll just never wrap our heads around. But at some point, they're gonna pay for you know, reworking Tom Brady's contract for signing Levante David for signing Chris Godwin, whenever they sign Chris Godwin, because they're going to sign him to a long-term contract off this franchise tag. There's, I don't, I do not believe he's going to uh, play under the franchise tag. Oh, this year. That's interesting. Wouldn't I surprise think. me though. Yeah. Um, and obviously Shaquille Barrett, that's going to be three to four year contract. They're going to pay for that. And anybody else, anybody else they sign and try to resign and, I appreciate it. It's 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 a it's a great move for any franchise to do. Just be prepared that you're going to pay for it some way or fashion. Here's the thing. I remember I remember you saying before the Super Bowl, it almost behooved the Buccaneers to lose the Super Bowl, which I believe you and I got into quite a discussion about. We did uh, due to the fact of they're going to try to run it back. They're going to do this, and I brought up the point. Despite the Bucks having a lot of talent on that team, they're not in a terrible cap situation. This isn't this isn't a matter of uh you know the team being totally screwed when one player leaves because uh you know they have a thirty million dollar dead cap hit with Drew Brees or they'll have um you know like with the uh the, the Eagles. They traded once but they had a huge dead cap hit. Right, um, right. It'll benefit the team in the long run to be done with those contracts, but it's gonna hurt for a little bit. Uh they don't they don't have that. They have only 30 players signed for next season. Right. And they have no no super, super long-term contracts. As of 2023, when a 2023 season starts, as of today, they have eight players signed. And, uh, you know, those are some pretty good players. They're Mike Evans, Cameron Bray, they're, you know, some of their top offensive linemen. So that's a really good core to have signed, uh, you know, and because then they can restructure those contracts, bring them down to lower costs. And have almost the entire cap to play with. Now, obviously, it won't be that forever. They're going to sign guys to long-term deals. They're going to sign other guys next year, the following year. It's not how it's going to play out in the long run. But even if they did do it so they had Brady play two more seasons. And they signed him to a four-year deal. And then they had a massive cap hit in three years. Their salary, their, their cap is set up to the point where, yeah, it would hurt. They wouldn't be able to sign top guys. But it's not going to completely bottom out their organization. No, oh, no, no, no. I don't. I didn't. I didn't mean to. Oh, I know that. I know that. But I mean, like the Saints and the Eagles. I mean, despite the Eagles having some talent, they're in a really rough way. They'll be better off next off season, but you know who knows what happens between then and now. The same with the Saints. The Saints are in far worse condition. To the point where they may have to actually cut some star players they don't want to cut just to be able to make the under the cap by the time free agency comes around. Bucks aren't in that situation. The Bucks. Look, whatever <laughs> that does not to speak of whatever talent they're gonna have on the field affecting their their play. You know, when Brady's gone and everything, who the hell knows how it's gonna play out. Right. As far as on the field performance. But as far as the cap situation, this is not a situation where, you know, kicking the can down the road a few years is gonna cripple their financial organ the organization's finances. Uh, I know that's not what you were saying, too. But um yeah, I think I think it's a smart move. You want your guys. None of the players they've signed, I think, are a bad move either. Godwin getting franchise tax, smart move. Sign him to a long-term deal, lock him up. 
you know, and then, you know, a couple of years you'll offset that with Mike Evans and you'll have those two, I would assume. They wouldn't want to let him go. We'll see. Uh, you know, you have Shaquille Barrett, who I feel is more valuable to the Bucks than he would be to any other team just because how well he works in that system. You can re-sign him if you, if you make this adjustment to Brady's contract. Brought back Levante David, who may not be what he was in his prime, but is still a great team leader and knows how to play the game. And a lot of talented kids on that team. And you're not going to be able to re-sign all of them when the time comes. You're going to have to let some of them walk. That's just how football is. Right. But I like if I was a Bucks fan, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, sign him. Kick it down the road. We just came off the Super Bowl after, you know, Jameis Winston leading us to subpar seasons. Won a Super Bowl. Can bring some of these guys back. Have a stellar offense again. Really good talent on defense. The hell, let's try to run. <laughs> let's try to do it for two or three more years. And we'll pay the price later. A lot of teams do it. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I have no problem with it. And it, it it may be just a little blip in the radar. It may be a year where, you know, they can't sign a high price free agent mm-hmm. because they're six, seven million dollars in the hole and they have to make it work. It's just a matter of just, you know, be prepared that you might have to lose, you know, a fan favorite or this high draft pick that was pretty good but not elite and and everyone really likes to have him around but you know he just priced himself out just a little bit and you couldn't sign him because x y and z happened that you have the dead cap it's just a matter of 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 managing your cap correctly and i would just say with this this tampa bay team you need to look at finding the the spots where you can bring in talent i I talked about this with the chiefs and i'll talk about this with any team bring in some talent that is fresh and not necessarily young but fresh that hasn't won or has won but hasn't won in a while and bring them in so they can get that help that team get that urge to want to win again because Running it back is great, but if you don't infuse some new talent, whether it be veteran or rookie talent, you know, that that desire to want to run it back again, might you might lose it by <coughs> week two, week three, week four, because you're getting you're getting everyone's best because you're the champion. I, that's what I would say is maybe pick a spot here or there and, and, and bring in a new talent. Well, if there's anyone who can prep them for that, it's Tom Brady and they have him. So that's true. Um, and this is, you know, before we go, as far as, you know, I just have this one more thing here. Sure. As far as, it reminds me a lot of what the Patriots did too, pre-Tom Brady leaving, is they had years where maybe we need another receiver, maybe we need a better offensive lineman. We can't because we have all this talent other positions. We have Tom Brady signed. We have, you know, the tight ends. We have the defensive line or the good corners. And, you know, Patriots were were well coached, despite everybody thinking it was just Tom Brady, because apparently he played defense in New England too. Um, well coached, and the guys doing you know doing the cap work knew what they were doing. Uh, signed the best players we could, and they still won. So they kept kicking the can down the road. People, oh, they only have this much money in cap space. Okay, well they kicked the can down the road. Took a major Brady left, took a major hit for one year. And now they have uh, third most cap space 
and a lot of their COVID opt-outs are coming back. They're in a really good situation, good draft picks, and some good free agent pickups. This team can be right back in it. Am I saying they're going to turn into Kansas City or even Buffalo or uh, or what Tampa Bay is now with one offseason? No. But this team put themselves in a the spot where they, they all the Bills came due. They paid for it all in one year, a year which, by the way, with a lot of things working against them, they still went 7-9. and nine. And now they have a ton of cap space to spend and a lot of those good players coming back from opt-outs. So I think the Bucs are going to end up doing the same thing. Like I said, what the talent on the field becomes, I don't know. But financially, they're winning, and they're going to you know keep kicking the can down the road. And they may have to just pay that price for one season. Like you said, they can't sign a big free agent this year or they can't, you know, whatever the case may be. But then the following year, they're reset for a franchise reset. So, you know, not, not a bad deal. You can be successful for three, four, five years and then suffer for one year and then be good again. Most fan bases would take that without a problem. And, and I think that's the difference in some teams is that if you have that foresight to do that, and I'm not saying you intentionally do, you know, potentially um, want to, you know, burn a year because you're in, in cap hell, but circumstances are circumstances. Um, but that's the difference between a team like the Saints, the Patriots, you know, who, who, who did do that, but because of the coaching staff, because of the head coach more specifically, they're able to do that. They're able to weather it and come out the other side potentially. Whereas, you know, I hate to be keep bringing this up. The Eagles, yeah, they won the no, Super Bowl. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're right. You don't. You don't hate that. <laughs> but the Eagles, the the, the, the the grin on your face when you said that, I had to call that out. There's no way you hate. There's no way you hate saying that. But they didn't. They, you know, they 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 positioned themselves after the Super Bowl because they signed all their guys and. They thought they had the the winning formula, and it fun. didn't quite work. And fun. fun. They had a lot of fun, according to I, Lane Johnson. I don't think you've said that enough on this on this uh, podcast, Chris. Uh, I'm thinking you're gonna have to keep saying that. It, it it's it's just it, it just highlights how how much of a difference in the structure of the team and the setup, and this could. The the realistically, if you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they could end up being the Philadelphia Eagles in two two three years mm-hmm. in the same situation. And if there's no Super Bowl ring, what do you think is going to happen to what's his name? I don't know his name. The head coach. He was with the Packers. Who? Where? With Dallas. Mike McCarthy. It's gonna it's gonna be the same thing that happens with Mike McCarthy. If you haven't won a Super Bowl ring or you haven't established yourself enough with that team, and you 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 get trapped in cap hell and you go four and twelve, five and eleven, sweep you out, bring someone else in, reset the reset the cap, and then move forward. So it's a long wind of saying there's some teams that build it and do it the right way. And then some teams that try it and they just fail miserably and they have to keep resetting. I'm looking at you Detroit. Cause that's all you keep doing is resetting. All right. I'm good. Anything else or you out of here? I'm all set. All right. That's going to wrap it up for episode 120. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions, 
anything you heard on this show or previous shows, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS pod. You can hit us up on Facebook, Ben and Chris talk sports or the website, bctspod.com. All right. Downloads continue to rise. Episode 117, two weeks ago, actually just became our highest downloaded episode yet. Uh, and episode 118 after that is quickly, quickly approaching that number. So we, uh, you know, very, very exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like to jump the gun, but I mean, if we keep growing at this rate, and you know, potential sponsorship down the road uh, might not be out of the question. Don't forget, next Thursday, March 18th, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, NFL free agent special, the day after free agency starts, so we can make sure we get all the proper information for you, get on here, and disagree with each other about why everybody is the right or wrong decision for each team. Uh, and, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. I have no idea how long that show is going to be, but uh, it's going to be some good content, so hopefully you all will enjoy it. But until then, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.